0: If you have your Bible, you can turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, chapter 17. We are reading from 11 to 19. The title is, Jesus Heals Ten Men with Leprosy." Chapter 17, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into a village. and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well.
1: Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. I do love a new year. I do love looking ahead, getting the calendar out. I've moved to electronic. Who's moved to electronic calendars? They're fantastic. Um, I love to plan the holidays, the events, get excited, get it all organised, make sure everybody's birthday's in there, all the important things. But it is also great to spend a moment reflecting. Reflecting on those things that have happened in the past and back in 2022. What are the things worthy of remembering? So before we launch into the new year, what are those things that we can look back on and celebrate? Psalm 105. Says, I give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice, look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always, remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. God is doing good things all the time, isn't he? And often we can move on just a little bit too quickly. Often we just uh, let life take its course, and yet we can just ignore the things that God has done. In our lives, even when life is extremely difficult, God is still working for us. He is still bringing His blessings. But in order for us to actually see what God has been doing, we need to be looking and we need to take stock and have a look at all of those things and celebrate. Actually, thanking God for his blessing is a really important part of that relationship that we have with him. So, today, later in our service, we're going to each have an opportunity. If you would like to, as I am uh, speaking this morning, I would love for you to be thinking, thinking back into the year 2022. And thinking of those times where God has stepped in, where you have seen him demonstrate in your life, I would love to invite you to briefly share at the end of the service. So think of that story right now. Everybody's invited, no matter your age or anything else. Uh, I am asking you to notice and to mark that noticing of God's work in your life. So today's story is from Luke 17, and it talks about the story of the 10 lepers, but it also talks about the thankful one and the importance of thanking God. So before we start, let me pray. Lord God, I just thank you that we can gather here at the beginning of a new year. And before we launch into that new year, we have this opportunity just to pause and to look back and to see your work among your people here at SDBC. And I thank you, God, for this opportunity today to look into your word and see what it might say to us. And I pray, God, that your spirit would work through what I say in Jesus' name. Amen. So Luke 17, 11. It starts off with, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. So Galilee was actually the region that Jesus was from and it was also the space where the majority of his ministry did take place. But this was the bordering area. And so it was bordering with Samaria. Samaria. And Samaria was uh, the Samaritans and the Jewish people, we see in many stories in the Bible, they weren't great friends. Uh, The Jewish people looked down on the Samaritans they saw them as less and they obviously weren't following all of God's rules and laws and, and they actually looked down on them. And as a result, the Samaritans uh, didn't really love the Jews, Jewish people either. But uh, because this was a border area, they were kind of uh, together together in it there would have been people of uh, both ethnicities in that space so it says in Luke uh, 17 12a that as he was going into the village ten men uh, had leprosy who had leprosy met him so we probably are aware of this but leprosy was awful Leprosy affected the nerves, the skin, the eyes, the voice. It was a disease that ate away at the flesh over time. Absolutely ghastly disease. And a fear that uh, the people with leprosy um, had uh, w- would pass it on to other people was everywhere. So everybody, nobody knew how leprosy was passed on. Nobody knew how uh, these people got leprosy in the first place. That was never known. And so they didn't know how to actually treat it. There was no cure. And the people without leprosy was very fearf- were very fearful. And so because of that, they put in some rules for the people with leprosy to protect the community and so they did things like there was a rule that you had to stay 30 meters away from anybody with leprosy and so if you could just imagine um, our own situation over the last couple of years we've had COVID and our social distancing was one and a half meters and that was rough so 30 meters really There is no contact, there is nothing that could be um, communicated, um, or anything like that. And so much so that if somebody did start approaching, if you had leprosy, you would be calling out, unclean, unclean, I'm warning you, don't come near me. How awful to be calling that out and to be just affirming that you are just an unclean person, you are not able to be approached in any way. Leprosy is now curable with antibiotics. Unfortunately, it is still in some parts of the world, but we don't see it in Western society. But it affected every single part of a person's life, so not only did they have this awful disease going on physically for them but obviously somebody with leprosy couldn't get employment. They had to rely on others to provide food and to leave it for them to be able to go and get. They couldn't access water in the same way, so they were relying on somebody else leaving them water. They were completely isolated from their friends, from their families. It was pretty much go to this other isolated place and be with the other people who also have leprosy, but you're just going to go there to die. It was awful, in fact in some areas they called them the walking dead because there was no hope for people with le- leprosy. They were in isolation forever. And so these communities did gather together. And later on in the story, we hear that one of the people with leprosy was a Samaritan. And so even though we know that there was friction between Samaritans and the Jewish people, they this that wasn't uh, as much of a concern as the leprosy itself. And so they would, in their desperate situation, They would be in a community together and they would be suffering together. Because leprosy affected absolutely everybody. It affected men, women, Jewish, uh, Samaritans, the rich, the poor. It didn't discriminate in any way at all. So these men in our story today, they have stood at a distance. They have stood at a a distance as Jesus has come their way. And we could probably say that that is fair enough. We can see why they would be wanting to protect Jesus from the disease. But this is what I would like to say to you today. If you right now are feeling that you are distant from Jesus, if you are feeling disconnected from your community here, Maybe you haven't reconnected since COVID. Maybe you're feeling uh, like you're disconnected because you haven't um, met other people. Maybe you're new here at Sunnybank. Uh, Maybe you're going through some health issues. Maybe there's financial issues, family issues. Whatever it is, you don't need to be distant. Jesus is always with us, He does not change. He is faithful and he will guide you through whatever it is that you are going through right now. He is faithful and with us all the time. It says in Hebrews 4.16, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In Matthew 28:20 20, it says teach them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always at the very end of the age. So we do not meet, need to be distant with Jesus he is always near. But then they do this thing they call out in a loud voice Jesus master have pity on us jesus jesus they're calling out to him and so no matter no matter what our problems are we can also call out to jesus crying out to god on our is our only way Um, some of us might think that other people might be the solution but i can tell you that seriously we are all broken we are all broken people we are all broken humans We can only cry out to God for our salvation. But then they say this they say, Master, Master, have pity on us. Jesus is our Master too, He is the only way that we can reach God. The word of the word of God, uh, Jesus's miracles would have reached the people, and as they reached out to Jesus on that day, and they said, "Master," they were saying, "Tell us what to do, anything at all, whatever you say, we will put our hope in your hands." They are saying, "Master." how many of us here today are really putting our lives in the hands of Jesus and calling him master of our life today if Jesus isn't the true master of your life I invite you as we speak today to just consider what might be holding you back what is the thing in your life that you haven't opened up to the Lord What's that situation? Who is that person? What is that vice? What is that addiction? What is that thing in your life today that is holding you back from handing it all over to our Lord? Because this is the truth. It is only through trusting in the Lord that we can overcome all of these things. And if we think that what we are facing is too big, that God cannot come and lead us out of it, then listen to this story, because we all need the mercy of God, don't we? Not one person in this room has it all together in their own strength. It is only through crying out to God and handing over our lives to him that we can call him Master, that we can live in his grace and mercy and victory. So they cried out to Jesus, have pity on us. It says that they lifted up their voice. And so what's interesting about this is that one of the symptoms of leprosy is that it affected your voice. And so they, they almost had total loss of voice. And so in that situation, they have lifted up their voice. They have cried out in their desperation. They've cried out in their humility. They were not in a position at all to demand anything. And they were just crying out for the mercy of God. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Jesus sees, doesn't he? He sees every single one of us. And they called out to him and he saw them. And they were commanded to go. It was just a really simple instruction. Go and find the priest. So when a person with leprosy thought that they may have been healed, as, you know, unlikely that as that would be, they were... Uh, required to go to the local priest who acted like the local health inspector. He was the one who would validate that they had been healed and he was the one then to give them permission to go back into society. But here's the thing that is really interesting about this passage. The priest was the one who validated healing. They weren't healed yet. They were just instructed to go And in their desperation and with no hope and in their obedience to what Jesus had said they put their trust in him it's also interesting that Jesus actually could have said to them yes you are healed but actually what he required instead was for them to make a response they had to trust in him first And then as they went on their way, they were cleansed. As they went, they did it. They did what Jesus had asked and they journeyed to the priest. And as they went on their way, I would say that Jesus actually often heals us in a similar way. It is often as we are on our way, it is through our everyday life, as we grow in him, as we trust in him throughout our everyday, that restoration happens, that we we are healed. Situations are resolved. As we're following Jesus, he changes us too. So as they went, they were cleansed. Even uh, so, going from verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Even after this ridiculously significant event, only one of them came back, to thank Jesus I can imagine him coming back running at Jesus's feet can you imagine him just leaping just like jumping and running at his feet and it says it was pra- he was praising God in a loud voice he was excited who gets a little bit loud when they get excited yeah, there's a couple of people putting up their hands. I know uh, the temperature of excitement in our house just by the the level of uh, noise in the room when we're um, watching T20, and uh, it's it's a bit tense. Uh, we get a little bit we get a little bit loud. We get a little bit excited. When my daughter got into uni recently, there were cheers, there was a lot of excitement and hugging, and everyone was very, very happy in that situation. If ever you have news, that nobody else can know about. If ever you are pregnant or anything like that and you have exciting news to tell me, make sure everybody in the area can know about it because I am bad at holding it in. I want to burst with excitement when I hear exciting news. But can you even imagine how that man felt? He had been completely set free of the most awful life. His situation of isolation, of desperation, was just completely flipped. All of that terrible pain he had was gone. All of the physical suffering, all, he, he was now able to see his family again. He could eat meals with his friends again. He could get a job and earn money He could play cards with his mates, if that was a thing. He could go fishing and hunting. He could get back and enjoy life. He could go to the markets. He could live his everyday life. He had it all back. This situation had completely changed him. And he was so incredibly grateful to Jesus that rather than going straight to his family that he had been living away from and his friends, he went back to Jesus and he praises him loudly and throws himself at his feet. But he also recognises that he is Lord and he is praising God. One of them When he saw he was healed, sorry, no, next one, Jesus said, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he says to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So where were the other nine? I actually imagine that they were going uh, through all the ceremonial requirements that the priest had said to the, to, and, and they, they, would, they were there with the priest doing all of their things so that they could get all of that done before going home. Yet this man had recognised that there was something special about Jesus. So obviously this healing had happened. They're on their way and then all of a sudden they are healed. And so he has come back to Jesus to thank him and to praise him. He knew that he had had an encounter with Jesus and Jesus was worthy of his worship. And he kept on praising the Lord And for reaching out to Jesus, he was rewarded. Jesus recognised his faith and he gives him an extra blessing. Relationships need gratitude to flourish. And when we are grateful to others, we allow time to focus on what they have done for us. When we give thanks and praise to God, Likewise, we focus on him and building our relationship with him. It's interesting here because I think Jesus is making a point. He actually would have known the response of the other nine. He would have known that they wouldn't come back, but he healed them anyway through his grace. So it's not that he wouldn't step into their life. But the life of the man who came back and showed his gratitude was blessed, abundantly blessed, because he thanked God. In all relationships, the giving of appreciation is important. Even as a mum, I know that I would do anything for my kids. I don't do it for the gratitude. I don't do it to be thanked. But when there is a recognition, it helps the relationship and so it is with God. So as a church now, I would love to invite you to share something that you are grateful for. What has God done in your life over the last 12 months? What can we honour him with this morning? It says in Hebrews 13, 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Let us do that this morning. So I'm gonna invite you, if you have a story, I'm gonna invite you to be not only thankful but also a little bit courageous and just come down the front and share that story with us here today. When I'm not gonna get you to come up on stage, we're going to go down to the front here. But if you have a story, can I invite you to come up the front now and to share that story with us? Just jump up. Um, and as you're doing that, I invite you uh, to listen to everybody. Thanks, Dot. I would like to start by saying I am truly grateful and I, on, I want to honour God this morning because this year was a tough year Year last year for me, uh, with my mum being really unwell and then passing a few months ago, I just cannot believe the blessing and the grace of God in that situation. Just in my everyday, when life could have been really, really hard, and was hard. He just showed up in the little things, in the little ways that he showed me he was present through nature and through people, through this church. So I just want to thank God for that. Would you like to share your story?
2: Some of you, some of you have heard, heard us talking about this story because it was, to us, so amazing. About three months ago, Tony needed some more veggie plants for his garden and we decided to go up to Pullman's Nursery at Gatton. So we took off up the highway, and if you know where Pullman's Nursery is, it necessitates you getting an exit that goes over the top of the highway. And in our attempts to find that uh, overpass, right, overpass, uh, we somehow or other got back onto the highway but travelling in the wrong direction with cars and it takes you a minute to work out what's happened, you know, and you're not really there. And as the cars were coming towards us, there was a policeman in the other lane right there and he just put his flashing lights on and swung in front of us and stopped us and stopped the truck that was coming towards us. And we just thought, who sent that policeman? Wow,
1: praise God, yes. Does anybody else have a story they would like to
3: share? Tony oh. got fined $400, but that's okay. <laughs> no, that's not true. I'm just holding a microphone for somebody else who'd like to come, but until somebody else does come, um, we've had an up-and-down year, and we've had great blessing. We've also had great stresses and trials in every one of our family members, except, I think, Rhonda and I. We've... Skazed through pretty un, but both of our kids and both of our in-law kids um, have had great years, but also great stresses, and been praying a lot for them. And I'm just grateful we got to got through the year. God has been good, sustaining us through it all, and we continue to pray for our kids and grandkids like you do.
4: Hi, I'm Graeme Anderson. Um, I've been in the motor trade all my life since I was an apprentice at age 16. And so cars and trucks and, and four-wheel drives have been part of my life. And uh, not to have a license would be very hard when you've been in that trade all your life. Mm. So uh, about five years ago, I was diagnosed, oh, I have a disease at the back of both eyes, and there's no cure, I've searched all over, the internet and there's no cure and the uh, the experts too say there's no cure so um, it's been a struggle to get my read the chart and to get the license but uh, uh, we've defended by God every year and certainly uh, uh, we've sought the prayers of the people in this church and our many friends that uh, I will pass a test and it's so um, every year I have it even this year I just passed the test. I said to the optometrist, how am I going? He said, you're hanging by a thread. <laughs> so it's really a, a wonderful thing that God has allowed me to have this license. And it's through his power, his grace, his mercy, and the prayers of you people. Thank you so much. Amen. Um,
5: my name is Jing. I have been in this church sort of on and off. Um, since 2020, I arrived here. Now, three years ago, I had a very serious car accident, which I sort of miraculously—I um, God saved me. And if you see the the pictures and the extent of the damage of the car, they would not believe that I actually can be alive. And I was in the bed of the hospital, and the doctors, and the officers, and all the surgeons, and all the consultants. They were looking at me as if something is not right with me, because I came out from that accident without a bone broken and with no blood that visibly came out. But I suffered at the end because not knowing what the extent of the damage, so gradually I just went downhill. Um, so end up not able to walk properly. So I came here to escape, so that I can be healed and thought that I would be getting better and go back to work. That unknowingly, I went worse mentally and everything. So at the end, I got so unhappy and was complaining to God and saying, I want to die because when I had the accident, I didn't know anything. I had a blackout. So as a result of this severe car accident, I have PTA, which they call post-traumatic amnesia as well as PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome. So every day I thought I would be going to die, one, just one night, silently, I said to God. But come to 2020, around in June, I landed in mental hospital, and then I lost all my rights, and that was so severe. So it took me a week, I was able to come back. I said, God, I truly repent, because there are worse people than me. So, but then it got worse and worse. So then I was laying in bed for the whole year and a half. So for over 18 months, I was wasting away. So the feet that not able to walk probably got worsened. And so one day my sister came and visit me through the COVID and everything. They lost their jobs and they came over here to move here. And so I, just cannot believe from that visit i was told by god through her and through other things i gotta get up and walk so i did and slowly through my um through the praying and god's helping me i was able to come back to church so slowly and this verse that the other day pastor daryl was sharing that i urge you brother and sisters you know give yourself as a holy living sacrifice it is true and worship proper for all of us. And that was just so beautiful from Romans. And I just, and he says something, to leave, leaving is very difficult. And indeed, I am the first time ever thought, it is right, to walk is so struggling. To not feel wobbly, wow, that is amazing. It's just every step. Because I suffer from C6 and 7 and the lumbar 12, T12 and L1. So it was a miracle I'm able to walk. And if anything above C4 and C5 is damaged, I could be paralyzed and could be completely not able to walk. So a little bit of wobbliness, that's fine.
1: <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank
6: you. Thank you. thank god uh, and praise god for my eldest son who returned from south america he was there for four years and uh, and it took him five days to come back of oh, no traveling is not easy you know during this covid season we blamed it covid and we rebuked the covid season so he came back five after five days of traveling i thank god and this morning uh, as you say renew the relationship with god and this morning he did renew his relationship with god because so many years he was in the world but lord god is good and he draw him uh, to himself and we thank god for an renewal of his relationship with my son, Gordon. I thank God and praise him for his glory.
1: Brilliant. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, everybody. It is so good to remember what God has done to us to thank him, to show our gratitude. And so I'm just gonna ask you all to stand now as we end our service.
3: Just before you do, can I just yeah. share this? There's three baptisms tonight. Three people are getting baptized at 5.30. Pastor David will be here. Let's stand together. And I want you with me to congratulate um, Magda Blessing. She's, uh, her 57th wedding anniversary is today,
1: 57. lovely let's pray Lord God I thank you I thank you God that you are not distant I thank you God that you see I thank you Lord that we can see your faithfulness not only in this story that we've explored today but in the stories of your people gathered here at SDBC and I thank you God that we can rely on that truth and that we can move forward into our new year trusting in you having full faith in what you have before us, uh, in, in store for us in the coming year. And I pray, God, that we would take each step, journeying each day in that trust, faithfully following you. Lord God, I pray a blessing on your people here today. Would they have a restful day ahead? Lord, would you provide for them uh, hope for their year ahead as they think about what's coming up for them? And Lord God, as we just faithfully serve you as a church, would you continue to bless us? I pray a blessing on everybody gathered here today and online. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.